Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. My name's Joshua Michael. Colin's in a little bit of a tizzy lately, so I'm taking what a point is. on this. <laughs> welcome to Minefields. Whatever. Guys. I'm not upset. I'm Joshua Michael. This is my best friend Colin, as I we always say, because that's our. It's a good gimmick. It's a great gimmick. <laughs> it's a, ga- in- it's inter- a good gimmick. Introducing my best friend. Why the hell not? Uh, usually he takes point on Star Trek, but like I said, he's in a little bit of a tizzy lately. And uh, oh, you're gonna get a spanking. <laughs> and then, and then the oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lead off! Way to go! Hey, you brought up Monty Python. <laughs> I'm. So... <laughs> oh, the Grail-shaped beacons! I'm saving you from the peril. <laughs> the peril. Oh man, naughty zoo. <laughs> saving wow. you from the peril, like just yeah, making you ten- laugh makes it. My 10-year-old watched that, and not, at, at, like, no point did any of that make any sense to him. It all went completely over his head, and I, for one, was grateful. I am very fortunate, and I uh, grew up on Monty, on, uh, Monty Python and weird uh, British comedy on PBS late at night. And uh, when we, my sister and I rented uh, Monty Python uh, and the Holy Grail, uh, from the from the library, she'd never seen it before, but she was schooled on slapstick comedy, so she understood that what she was watching was supposed to be funny. Like like she wasn't laughing at it because I was laughing. She was laughing because she knew, like be, she knew enough about slapstick comedy that she was able to piece it together. These guys couldn't afford horses, so that's why they were slapping the coconuts. Yeah, yeah. And and she she understood that. She figured it out on her own, and she's dying laughing. And and then and then like when they encounter the the Frenchman, and <laughs> what are you doing in England? Mind your own business. She's like halfway before he even said that. She's like, what the hell is a French guy doing in England? <laughs> I was like, exactly, exactly. And uh. Now let's get really serious and somber because we have to talk about episode five of Picard. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, I picked up my phone because I was going to – there was one side thing I wanted to say about that. Uh, I picked up my mean, phone because I've been seeing ads for uh, the Kansas City – There's a there's like a pop culture – get together i don't know it's a con there's a con coming up in kansas city and john cleese is going to be there speaking of money python and if i found it easily we don't rehearse the hell out of this show so it's not like we have all of we that never information at our fingertips <laughs> nobody else is sitting in the booth looking stuff <laughs> up for us and like running it across a ticker so anyway i'm just gonna say yeah that actually that kansas city uh Pop Culture Expo looks kind of rad. There's a bunch of people I'm aware of and a bunch of people I'm not. I know that the Cobra Kai cast are going to be there. Ralph Macchio, Billy Zabka, 
and uh, Martin Cove. So, oh, like uh, the the actual guys, not just a uh, Cobra Kai member number eight. Oh, dude, <laughs> I'd I'd go check them out. I they I would I would really I really hope that at some point they have a there's there's a, a, a place where absolutely everybody like a Karate Kid. It's gonna yeah hey we've got it all we got the we got the we got the vendors out here we got artists row big time names but by the way the entire cast of Karate Kid is here everyone that we can get who's everyone who's not in Japan blah 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 dude I would so go check that out now uh, before we get into Picard uh, just real quick I watched an amazing movie that most people might pass by because it's a it's one of those. Uh, it's not a name brand uh, kung fu film, but it's called. Oh, yeah, uh, right. It's called Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Um, good luck keeping up with it. Um, in no way does it follow any good in any established tropes. Just have a lot of fun. And back to what we're talking about with the card. Um, when the Order of the Phoenix came out. Uh, Harry Potter, uh, I hadn't actually, the movie, I hadn't read the books yet, and I'd seen all the movies, and I went and saw the movie with my sister and my very good friend, Whitney Rampley, and um, she was late to get to the movie, and uh, my sister and I were sitting in the front seat, Robin was driving, I was in the front seat of her Jeep, and Whitney is changing in the back seat, and both of us made eye contact in the rearview mirror watching <laughs> some sexy back. Um <laughs> And uh, I forgot about that. But the point of this story is, is my sister did not warn me that Sirius Black died, was gonna was going to die. Oh, I, I would have, yeah, I would have appreciated some sort of precursor that my favorite hands down character in Harry Potter was gonna meet his untimely end. <clears throat> and you called me on uh, Friday morning, and you were really upset. Uh, because the episode of Picard, episode five that we're about to talk about, that we keep saying we're going to talk about, um, has a untimely uh, ending at the beginning. And when I was watching it, I felt like a, a, a charlatan in some way, like I was <laughs> s- someone that was witnessing something that he should not have uh, privy eyes to. Like, like on uh, one, one sense, you could say like Hellraiser, like this is not for your eyes, child, or. Um, and one of those things where, where you stumble into an argument and um, it's, it's like an end-all be-all, like, and it, something is resolved, whether good or bad, and you just witness it and they look at you and you're like, man, I should not have walked into the room at this moment. That is how I felt watching, watching uh, the beginning of, this, of episode five. But you warned me and um, you were very upset. Can you, can you oh, tell us why? Yeah, I was uh, beside myself when I finally realized what was going on. Um... I started watching the episode and I thought, this is just sick. What is going on? Like, is this, has Star Trek become torture porn? Why is this happening? Like, they didn't even, they didn't even do that in the, like, like one of the worst parts of the movie Hostel was watching that guy burn that guy's, that chick's eyeball out of her face. And, um, it was, in no way in comparison to how upsetting it was to watch it literally happen. Like pulling the optic nerve out, that was <laughs> wow. Yeah, if you guys you guys have definitely seen this if you're listening to us. And so, you know, no spoilers there necessarily. But uh what what got me is watching this and 
they, you know, they're so tight on all of these pieces. And I'm going, this is like really, really just over the top. And then as they pulled farther away, I started to realize what this character was. I saw the pronounced nose and realized, you know, when she, when, when she says, okay, where's your cortical node? And I suddenly was like, oh my God, this is, this, this might be Echeb. And then Seven of Nine comes in and all of that. I mean, we're going to see it. It's really hard. But dude, I, when I realized that this horrible thing was happening to Echeb, I was instantly like, oh my God, he's a Starfleet lieutenant. And then a second later with her coming in and having to kill him, to oh, to put him down that in and of itself was hard to take it was a little bit unfortunately it was a little bit obvious and i was a little let down that that's the direction they took it and it the the dialogue didn't do anything for me except kind of feel strained uh, it just felt obvious and then the acting was just like i know that you've got to figure out how to do this scene but it's not like you haven't been acting for years since you i mean you, you seven of nine is not the only character i've seen her perform so i know she can do i just felt like she could have done better in the scene but at the same time i'm going we just almost off panel killed a character that was maybe not integral to voyager but was a very distinct interesting secondary character when you watch next generation you've got roe you've got barkley you've got o'brien you've got some secondary characters that don't have a whole lot going on deep space nine hit and secondary characters by like the middle of the third season the secondary characters are virtually as important as the primary characters rom nog i mean Morn, you never hear Morn do like Morn only gets one episode, really. Uh, but like, uh, just it got you know, Shakar, every all it just they just constantly showing up doing amazing stuff. So in Voyager, you know, they drop cast, they bring in of seven of nine, and when Icheb and Miyazi and Azzy and or uh, Raban and Remy, I can't think of their names suddenly, but like. All of these bored kids come in. It suddenly begs this whole question to me. Like, what happened to all of those bored kids? I know that it, one or two of them got dropped off at home. And, uh, like, they found their species. And they're like, okay, we're gonna, hey, you, you get to go back home. And we're going to keep going to the Alpha Quadrant. And Icheb found his family. They found his family. And then they realized that the children of this species had been sent back to the Borg essentially with an illness that would hopefully have infected the Borg and messed up the Borg. But in essence, they were sacrificing their children to try to save their species. And somehow or another, the selfishness was really apparent. Like, well, I could do that. Why do I got to sacrifice my kid? And it, it, it just was like this weird idea it was horrible. It was just horrible. And so then they were like, yeah, we're not going to make you stay with your family who's obviously going to try to do this again. We're going to 
we'll rescue you and we're your family. And Seven of Nine became Icheb's mom, essentially. And she didn't even know how to do it. So it's very weird to have this character who had no real... Somebody who was so sexy, who had no real sexuality until the very forced couple of episodes in the seventh season. And then to have her play a mother and not even do a half bad job of it sometimes. And so, especially for someone with so little personality, it's just, there's an entire story about Icheb in the alpha quadrant in Starfleet in the Academy that begs to be told. And it really started to, as soon as I watched this, I just fell apart. I was bawling realizing the limited amount of information we're ever going to get about this character now. And uh, I don't know. It wasn't, I'd never had any extraordinarily love, extraordinary love for him before that. But uh, it's just, it was just this thing. I've never seen, I've never seen why people like seven and nine that much. (laughs) Like, this is I arguably uh, one of the most interesting things that we've ever seen that involves her. All right, you ready to get to it? Um, let me let me just put out there one thing. Like you're talking about Seven of Nine. I mean, Seven of Nine is a character who had way less time to explore her character because she wasn't in the full run of the series. Unfortunately, by the time they introduced her. The series Star Trek Voyager essentially became the Seven of Nine and Holographic Doctor show. Like, there are more plots devoted to, uh, huh, there are more plots devoted to her character than, um, it seemed like many other ones after a fashion. So, uh, yeah, that was a little rough. I'm sorry. Yeah, somebody called me in the middle of that and I lost my train of thought. Uh, popped up on my iPad. I'll, I'll <laughs> You're fine, brother. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. You're fine. Mm. You're fine. I just uh, everything I've ever seen of Seven Hundred Nine was some extrapolatory like bullshit where they just made her look hot, and uh, I, I want more depth when it comes to her integration with, or assimilation with the Borg. I want to see some. I want to see some flashback scenes of her original integration because they really have stepped on the gas when it came to that, especially when they're talking about selling her and how young she was when she was assimilated and uh, how valuable her parts are. I want to see some old school memories. There from is that. that 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 you will get that out of Voyager episodes. There's uh, there's definitely some material uh, around that, especially focusing on. Her father and mother uh, taking her into the Delta Quadrant. How? We don't know. Um, just, following just, the let's Borg, just, I guess. Let's just go on a family trip to the Delta Quadrant. Quadrant. Yeah, I yeah, mean, okay. they wanted to research the Borg, but there are all of these inconsistencies where they were, where they knew about the, they seem to have known about the Borg <laughs> before the Enterprise D encountered the Borg. So that's weird. And then uh, and then it, I guess if you could find a Borg Transwarp Network uh, opening, you could have inadvertently entered the Delta Quadrant. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some beta canon material out there, but the, the answer is that I'm sure Wikipedia has, or go to Memory Alpha and check out her, her page. But, um, but uh, at the same time, yeah, I mean, you get to see her as a little girl in those instances. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's well done. Simultaneously, the first episode where they were able to communicate on the regular with Starfleet, uh, Seven eventually ends up getting a hold of her aunt. Uh, and that was kind of an amazing moment, I think, for her character. I don't know why. I mean, it's just, it just, I, I, that one, I ended up watching that one on Netflix recently and, and seeing it and going, like, that scene where she was remote talking to her aunt was just kind of bittersweet to a certain degree. I'm sorry, I gotta tell you that your, your family is dead and I'm grown up and blah, 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 the Borg and whatever, and she was i've only got a minute and a half to talk to you or whatever but like i don't know yeah it was a good moment anyway uh, yeah we got to get into this so let's do it yeah let's do it uh everybody you know the you know the drill um you've you've already watched this episode if you're listening to us so we're watching it on cbs all access the only platform where you can watch picard now uh which um it suddenly occurred to me this was an episode. It was a Picard episode, not a seven and nine episode, but it's a seven and nine episode. <laughs> and uh, which now that makes me, I'm starting to think about it. I'm a little disappointed. This is a seven really? and nine episode in Picard. Uh, did they think did we weren't she... going to watch Patrick Stewart come back and that we had to have seven and nine? And now I think about it, I was like, I thought she was going to end up part of the crew. Okay, no. Well, all right, this is all whack. So. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to start We're you're going to do the countdown, Joshua, and I will, uh, and we will, we'll, we'll start at the same time. We'll all start at the same I, time. So it's, it's one of my favorite words to say. So again, <laughs> we're at zero, zero, zero CBS all access. You're probably paused at point zero one on CBS all mm-hmm, access because mm-hmm. it insists on showing you the all access originals logo and, uh, you As can't, if you didn't just, already, yeah. And we already bought it. God damn it! We, <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you showing us an advertisement for something that we already bought? Yeah. Advertisement. Anyway. All right. Let's All start. right. All right. One. All right. No, no. It's three, two, one. Engage. And we got a little bit of recap here. I really do like seeing the uh, Daystrom Institute on. I do too. On Okinawa. I do That's too. Pretty great. Uh, the fact that it keeps showing—is um, it B eight or B four? B four. They keep showing that over and over and over is telling me that we're going to see a reassembled data. They they keep showing it too much. You know, you know what I would I would absolutely accept. Uh, data in another body, in another form, by the end of this series. If that's if that's where they wanted to take it, and you wanted somebody else to be data, I'd be happy with it. I mean, data had the collective, the collective intellects and like journal entries and everything of everybody on the Omicron Theta colony. 
So there is he in it he is in essence like there's no reason why he can't be transferred to a completely different thing and it work. So, as, as a as a historian. Though I would be absolutely disappointed if at the episode or at the season end that uh Dodge like to save her we've got to jam data into her somehow, you know. Okay, so this is incredibly rough, guys. 13 years ago. So I do dig the history that they do. And here we go, guys. Um, some Star Trek torture porn. Yeah, we never saw much in the way of blood. Blood at all. But the needle to the eye, this is some hostile shit, man. And it's not okay. No, I, I this think is this, not, is, this is... This is overkill. This isn't this, Star Trek to me, guys. It, it, it's overkill. Um... It's like, oh Jesus! You see the optical nerve. Um, I've got friend. I've got friends who are telling me that you know. Oh yeah, we gotta watch. My God, I gotta like. They've got kids that are trying to watch this series. Yeah, and there and, are uh, f bombs and torture porn now. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things like. If you're uh, an Alfred Hitchcock fan, you don't have to see the guy get beaten to death. All you really have to see is the shadow of a guy about to hit him, and then some wet smacky noises, and you let yeah. your uh, you let your imagination do the job, and it's even more rewarding that way because it's not a cop out. It's it's not th this sort of torture is is too much of a cop out. It is it's too easy to dismantle somebody and and upset people, and then the and in conjunction with everyone's love of this nice gentleman here that is a, a B character and we're, we're thrust into is that the original guy that played him? No, no, it's honestly, it's kind of too bad it's not uh, he was portrayed by Manu Itiriami who I got to meet one time yeah, and Bruce Maddox is not played by the original Bruce Maddox in this oh, I gotta say though, that guy, I, when we get down to it the, the guy in the episode playing Bruce knocked it out of the park i loved his his portrayal he did a great job but i feel like they were like really trying to like cast tony shalhoub and they just couldn't get him <laughs> I, I i went back and i looked at the pair of them and i was really impressed at how similarly they these two fellows looked and then what's more i was looking at him and and i just felt like he played it really real a lot of these characters I still go back to looking at the gentleman in uh, the first episode who was Picard's doctor friend. And uh, like I say, uh, Kim, I'm not Kim Pine. My goodness. Uh, oh, gosh. What the heck? Allison Pill uh, playing the heck out of her role. And uh, this gentleman playing, very, they're just, they playing them very, very real. I wonder at a certain point, you know, because you're not on the Starship Enterprise, do you get to play these guys more real? But in, in essence, I mean, like, who was the most real character on the Enterprise D? Maybe Commander Riker. Like, Jonathan Frakes playing a fully realized three-dimensional person. 
Because when you look at the first season, he was right. told he's a very serious guy. He's on the car- command track. He's on the career path. He's he's handsome and awesome, and he doesn't you know he's got a good sense of humor, but he you rarely see him smile. And I think that uh, Frakes was like, Nah, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're gonna well we'll play your play ball this way for you for one season, but we're gonna we're gonna open it up a bit. He had the best smile out of all of them. Yeah. Do, do, do you have any uh, feelings about... Okay, so the casting decision here is great. I'm a little perturbed about the fact that this woman is way too similar in appearance to Marina Sirtis. I had the same issues. I thought for a second, is that who that's supposed to be? And then, like a second later, it really, it clicked. I wish that we knew... I mean, are these just scandalous humans, or are they it, Alpha it, Centaurians, it, or where are they? Right. Why could we just get one Ferengi to have been walking through this? It would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, to at least let you know that everyone here is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> because you hey, see, watch Ferengi... it. I love the Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I haven't been a Voyager yet, so give me a break. I'm still... Deep Space Nine. That is where the Ferengi got reinvented. I'm I'm still I'm still on it, and I love hearing all of the uh, dis- discourse about how uh, it was slaved over who the main baddies should have been in, in uh, TNG. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because they were, they couldn't be the Klingons anymore, and you know they create the Borg, the the, the Ferengi. They they really wanted it to be the Ferengi, but the Ferengi came off too much as comic relief, and you know of course they went in the right direction, but there is. I, it, it can't be an accident that they cast a woman that looked like the like sister twin clone of Marina Sirtis, Miss Troy, as this woman. She looks too much like her. How how, how did they do that? And and like if I was a director and casting casting director like this is who's playing this person, I'd be like, no, get rid of her. She looks too I mean, much I like would Troy. Take, I would take that actress and do you know. Uh, here is a flashback sequence to a younger Troy. I would have saved her for that. Uh, even then, I, but even then, I would still would have said get rid of her if he, she's an original character and not some sort of semblance to Troy. And she's it, not. She's, yeah, she's totally. This is this is a one-off with her. She has no relation that we're aware of. Uh, obviously, but I'm still saying, and it was directed by Jonathan Frakes, we, we were right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a video game they're playing. I know, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I with, don't know with, why. With, with, you know, with a hot I, chick in the background dancing. <laughs> oh, there's always a hot chick dancing. You go back to Star Trek Five and go to lots of episodes of Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Ugh. All right, so seven right, of nine. Make seven of nine tough. She's got to be drinking some scotch some, or some, bourbon some or whiskey. Straight up. Yeah. To power her board parts. Filthy half breed. Kind of awesome <laughs> to have her hair that long. I'm just teasing. Oh mm, no! Don't my, been, yeah. my type of woman. Half breed. That doesn't make any sense. She's all <laughs> <Yeah>. human. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to say a racist uh, space term. <laughs> it turns into a big deal in Discovery season two. Filthy half breed. Well, Spock always has an issue with somebody calling him a half breed. 
Yeah. Hate the place. <laughs> Fenris, Fenris Ranger. So uh, that word you don't use uh, accidentally. Fenris is a oh, obvious uh, throwback to old school uh, English Norse language. Fenris is a reference to a wolf. Yeah. Fenris Rangers. And this got me on edge because if she is head of or a part of any sort of rogue organization that call themselves rangers that are doing covert missions and drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes and uh, looking cute and uh, playing by their own rules that I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's uh, just like it's I, it, there's more there's more Star Wars in this series than there is Star Trek. And it it makes sense that, okay, hey, yeah, you had a giant... What happens when dictatorships fail or crumble or fall apart, but a certain degree of chaos? Killing. So that's what we saw in the last episode. Yeah. But it's not like we saw horrendous, awful things happening on that planet. It was just like, okay, well, there's warlords and stuff like that. And she's out there still trying to do a good thing, and a good thing maybe... You know what, uh, this is such a random thing, but, um, look, drinking coffee, again. Oh, yeah, totally, right. you're right. Drink, co drink coffee, this is a recovering addict, and, um... Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, just a, a, a complete sidebar here is the fact that all of the hotties from Baywatch in, in, in the 90s and whatever, uh, Nikita, those women look shriveled and disgusting now, and the, 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 the women that took care of themselves that were in honest to God, true literature, whether if it's sci-fi, uh, are stunning. Like these women are beautiful. What and women? Who seven are you talking nine. about? This actress? I'm, seven, I'm, I'm talking about seven and nine. Even oh, her. seven and nine. Yeah. Nineties. Uh, like, like, I don't yeah, know. She, she was just born under an amazing star. She was, uh, yeah, Jerry Ryan is just, a. she's just, she, I don't know. She, yeah, she's yeah, an but, amazing looking human being. Yeah, but there's no videos of her online of her, like, being too drunk at a bar or doing, like, yeah. shitty sex club pornos or, or, yeah, she, she's, well, she, was, she was married uh, to a gentleman who was a, uh, in office in some way or another, and they split up over how he wanted her to go with him to, uh, like, maybe it was BDSM clubs or leather oh, bars Jesus. or something like that she just wasn't into it yeah so and, and she like, has maintained it, a sexiness without having to be spread all over the place agreed agreed across and all these years like, if you're into that that's fine i've met some awesome people that are into that hell i've been in those places before and had a lot of fun but uh she it's like my point is is she she's a respectful woman and uh the the women are in this movie or television show Hmm. Look how was... sweet and believable this is. It really is. I mean, like, look how delicious those kisses are with cookies in their mouth. <laughs> I want to go places with holovids of... I mean, it's not like I can't sit and watch great stuff on my phone. We do live in the future, but, like, I this is... Honestly, this is freaking cute. <laughs> I can't... It, oh, I, 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 it would drive me nuts, but this is cute and funny. They all get a commercial, and uh, I saw a meme today. It was like, 
when you think about something random and your computer recommends uh, uh, to buy something off Amazon related and you're like, uh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's been happening uh, for a while to me. <laughs> I don't hit things. <laughs> she was in uh, Law and Order uh, SVU. She was one of the original characters and they wrote her off um, really quickly. No, um... Oh, the the hot black chick with the dreads, or the or the curlier. Her. Yeah, real. Uh, not real. Uh, that's funny. I didn't get one. <laughs> I didn't get one. I can't believe they, that we go this whole episode without Elcor doing wait, something awesomely swordsmanish. What? That means something. They can't read him. There is something there. Yeah, that that's a, that's a, a big deal. There I hope is it's something a big there. Deal. But yeah, I, I I'm too. glad that it's a big deal, maybe, and they didn't explore it in this episode. And we can go back and we can reference back, back to like, it. You know, is it is it he's some Tai Chi master who can clear his mind and nothing can read it? Man, I love how on edge she is, and but th- this this episode put me on edge in so many different ways because this was where everyone made their play. It kind of was, yeah. Um, I I looked at this and I thought, what is this silly costume thing that's going on here? Why is it? And why does everything have to be Firefly? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't all have to be Firefly. But this episode felt very Firefly to me. And, that's one uh, thing. That's some... one thing. I, I'm sorry. I got excited. I apologize. What? Uh, in, in the last episode, he comes down and he's in a he's in a suede jacket, but it's all black. Oh yeah, kind of. It, it's all black because remember his away jacket. Uh-huh. His, his his away. Uh, I might say a, a uncouth word. <laughs> jacket, um, and take some unnecessary risks that I wouldn't usually take unless I was wearing this jacket. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they give him the, the the same suede jacket, but it's all black. And then yeah, let's give him you. You're uh, obviously what they would really want. Uh, this reminded me of nowhere and, um, yeah, it is like, it is very guardians, isn't it? Space, space Vegas. There's the same dancing chick that was uh, in the background of that video game earlier. Yeah. Okay. Space above and beyond. I got to bring that up. Uh, cause that's one of my favorite shows. They went to a place in that series that was called Bacchus and Coolio was like the MC of the place. <laughs> and awesome. When they go into one of the bars and they want to play pool, the pool shark there is one of the recurring villains, a silicate. It's a synthesized human. David Duchovny played him. And, uh... Um, excuse me? Exactly. I think that's an episode you've got to watch because he had a breakout performance in that episode and they did not advertise him. Because they wanted it to be a a big surprise, and it freaking worked. Not not, not to be. Uh, oh, this ugly. is great! Look how look at what a good job her character does here, dude. Like, she's phenomenal. Them up. She does. She, she 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 gets them on the jazz. She gets them on the jazz, and and uh, it's it's one of the best parts of understanding your best friends and and you, you you ruffle their feathers and get them on the jazz 
And look at and Captain then, Rios playing his role. He does a great job. Like with his pimp walk. <laughs> I mean, just like yeah, he's like because when you're gonna be one of these doofy characters in a place like this, nobody thinks that you're full of crap. They're taking you as you are. This guy back here, this beautiful lost boy from yeah, he's Hook, should have been a Ferengi. It's it's funny because it's this isn't a space bar in in uh, a thousand years. This is a club in fucking Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 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 trust me, um, that is what clubs in like. Weird underground badass places where like Richie Houghton and like Sven Vaith are playing. Uh, the like they literally did no any changes to this club. This is in Berlin. <laughs> it has to be. Trust me, I've seen it. It's kind of funny how many light bulbs we're looking at. Like Star Trek, you never see the uh, light the source. light source other than it just being a diffused light. I love the fact that they give this guy so much clout. Like, and it like it's one of my favorite things about um, uh, Wolverine's son, Dakin, uh, or Dawkin, uh, d- depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, it was that Dawkins uh, or Dakins? Um, I always call him Dakin. Uh, one of his mutant powers was he could in, in, uh, he oh, would he let out people, right? pheromones. Yeah, let out pheromones. And this guy's the opposite. He like apparently you let out pheromones when you're lying. And not only is he going to be able to pick up on it, but this guy can grab you by the neck and just crush your head. Like, I'm surprised he even has a weapon on him. Yeah, I like, really don't like that gun. It's just like, like, hey, this is my space mobster, you know, yeah. semi-auto, whatever. It's just, it's too... Dude, if if you and I were writing this, if you and I were writing this, this guy wouldn't have pulled a gun out. He would have gra- He would have just pulled his hand out. And started slowly crushing the guy's cranium. You know, yeah, yeah. Simultaneously, that was a big part of uh, what Benedict Cumberbatch did. In I don't know. I just feel like he could hopefully do something just that we haven't seen a million times. Agreed, agreed. But even then, like it accentuated <laughs> his power. This is funny, man. I can't help it. I really like. I really Two. like Captain Rios here. Just like dosed up on the stuff that activated in him is just yep this that that is I'm, that is more than i was expecting the 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 special the uh practical effects for this man is just phenomenal like every every bit of his face is is, is animated and yeah it's not hard crispy thing it's it's, it's i know like Look, yeah, someone but... This, the, the, the ability to get the molded foam rubber in the alien is awesome in that it is capable of articulating facial Emotion. expressions. Yes. So when you yes. go back and you look at David Warner, or well, no, when you go back and look at Christopher Plummer in Star Trek VI, he wanted to have less makeup on so he could emote with his face. And so he is one of the least Klingon looking Klingons there is. And yet when you see him, he is indiscernible from a Klingon. You know it's a Klingon. And like just the I just the opportunity for these extra performances out of all of these, the range of performance is really amazing in this episode. Yes, I love Raffi here, especially. 
I actually, I love Seven of Nine. The difference in her performance in this episode shows the difference in age and experience between now and her entire run on Voyager. Captain Picard playing into this persona that he's developed for the character he's going to do, I thought instantly was like silly. But then I thought to myself, we're in San Francisco and he's playing detective again. (laughs) Yeah. Like remember time zero parts one and two, where he had to pretend to be a theater uh, an actor and was like, Oh, I'm, I'm playing captain Picard being over the top. As my an actor, <laughs> it was meta. It was like it was very avant-garde. It was just like it was multiple layers of of too much. Oh my god! And I love Elcor <laughs> just being like, "Hey, yeah. I can be I've fun. Got, this could be fun." I've, I've got a members-only jacket on. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go chill out. Uh, that guy's gonna be a breakout on this one, and I'm looking ooh. forward to seeing what they're gonna do with him because they really fed Elcor the opportunity. To be interesting here without just being a swordsman. Like, I can be an amazing warrior and still have a fun personality. And he's Agreed. a fish out of water. Just Completely. in essence, all of these characters have that going for them. Completely. Completely. He completely fish out of water. I love that. But he's, he's still so like, young. I, I'm, I'm doing my job here. Hope I don't piss up Picard off. Uh uh, are we still pretending here? Uh, what yeah. Are we doing? <laughs> like, uh, uh, and then the fact that the bounty, and, and it's something that only that we would understand uh, if, you, if you're not a newcomer to, to Next Gen or anything about Star Trek, that Seven of Nine would be a high bounty. I oh mean, my like, Josh, this is like capturing. I can't even find it an honest equivalent i'm like is it princess no, leia he, is it i got it i got what it got? i got it he's moby he's he's ahab and he's showing up with the white whale that's what that is that is intense and you haven't even seen first contact yet in 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 i know what that uh, what reference is because i know that that's part of it yeah and that's why i said it that's why i said it he showed up with this he's ahab and he showed up with the white whale and then oh god this this is this is something that is very important to me um, Rafi is obviously an addict. She was smoking that snake, snake dust or whatever they yeah, call it. Yeah, whatever that was. Um, but she's about to find her son, and she's trying to make amends. And oh, look how scared music here, though. Oh, absolutely! Look how scared she is. And this and, is a great, and, great moment in the series. Uh, oh God, it, it's it's wonderful. It's one of the it's one of the highlights. Oh, and the whole business of Agnes not knowing how to transport people. It makes oh, total hilarious. sense. Like that's she doesn't a know major how to work piece of technology you've got to get <laughs> yeah. checked out on. You have to put the three fingers and go up and down. <laughs> yeah. You're doing treble, bass, and mid uh, at the same time. And uh, th- this is what I'm talking about here. Um, Unfortunately, I have... I'm sorry. I, have... I feel like the performance of her son is a little bit too rigid and then he opens up like I, I just don't know like he's got a this great look. There's a lot he, he going look, on with him. He looks like Bubba Wallace from NASCAR, and uh, yeah. I keep. Uh, but um, this is something I have been witness to, where someone who was an addict uh, 
tried to make amends, mm-hmm. and and the other person said no. I have been privy and witness to scenes like this, where the intro scene hit you hard. This scene hit me hard. Yeah, I dig because I totally understand. Be- it, it it's it's something that most people don't understand when, because and and that's why I brought up the past two episodes her incessant drinking of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of the people I've ever met that have been to rehab, and they they, they have to replace something, uh, one addiction with another, and the in and, and the ones that succeed always pick black coffee, no creamer, no sugar, black coffee. And she's just keeping herself awake and, and doing her best. And I have been privy to conversations like this before where the other person said, no, I don't want you in my life. Oh, and uh, God, dude. and um, watching her do her best and, and especially from knowing how successful she is. Uh, and she's not some crackhead chick that has been like on crack since she was 16. This is a actual federation. This is a professional – Yes, this is a disagreement between someone who needed their mother and she went away. Agreed. Agreed. Because of professional duty, but she broke down when I just it still amazes me that whole business of like she was hitching her wagon to Picard. Why do you think she's so mad at him? Exactly. And and. She's not strung out. She's doing her best, and and uh, she doesn't uh, make a scene. I've yeah. seen things where people made a scene, but um, man, I I really hope that there are some people that have gotten out of rehab and gotten their their shit cleaned up and see this scene and and, and see something really hard hitting and see their own story and see that yeah. He turns her away. The wife knows better than to press any questions here. Yeah. I can't she tell Vul- if she's Vulcan or she Romulan. Vulcan or, yeah, I was about to but say, she's Vulcan That Romulan. is what Romulans look like. It, like, I, I watched this episode, and at a certain point, I was like, that's familiar. That makes sense. Like, all of these other weird, like, lo- like played-down characters just don't yeah. do it for me. The, 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 the makeup decision... And but, I think it's because we're looking at, it's like, well, how can you be turned on by these characters if they don't have that appeal? And I'm like, dude, Sakona, the Vulcan from one episode of Deep Space Nine, I was like, that's a beautiful woman in Vul- She looked like, like, she looked like Sean Young look in at her. Vulcan she, she, makeup. She was, she was holding her face the way that it felt like when she was getting high. She did that in the, in the first two episodes. Right. Um, um, my point is, is I really hope that people that have been spurned, no matter how hard they tried, um, find some sort of solace and that they're not, even though that the best ideal situation didn't happen, that they're still not pieces of shit. And I hope, I hope that, uh, hits hard. Jesus, how is she not Marina Sirtis? I know. <laughs> I just bowled over myself the same way. She even has the damn beauty mark. Like... How? She's very striking. This is... Very striking. For years and years, there's been this idea like, oh, what would Seven of Nine go for? You know, why didn't she go for any of this, that, or the other on the show and whatever? And I'm I'm looking at this scene and I'm like, 
It doesn't matter. This is fantastic. I love that they built this quality, oh, this situation up, you know? This is also very telling. I love that there's a callback. This, uh... This broke my heart, what they're leading to. Um, I know. That was really, like, there's there's that, some explaining to do on that one. There is some explaining to do on this one. Because she showed up seemingly innocent, just wanting to be on the trip, but she obviously had her second motives. Just like, I, like that's why I brought up earlier that everyone has their, uh, their this this is the episode where everyone uh, uh, throws their cards down, where they, they, they show their tell. Mm-hmm. Look at that guy with all the studs in his face. <laughs> I kind of caught it, and then I got lost in the moment. Are you still angry? Bitch, no, I'm, still I'm checking pissed. it out. What are you talking about? Still <laughs> Bitch, angry. Bitch, I'm still mad. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. at a certain point, I'm like... I'm drawn in by the by what we're watching, and <laughs> it's not about my commentary any longer. It, 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 damn! I see him wearing his his eye patch, and I, all I can think about is John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> John Moxley, the wrestler. For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, look at—I mean, just yeah—the performance, the difference in performance of Jerry Ryan on Voyager versus here is just realistically uh, an, an improvement or an evolution oh or... it's a, totally it's a great it's great and it's an evolution she comes off like seven of nine but with a natural progression into a situation in, in, into a performance that makes a load of sense for her and sometimes i look at patrick stewart and i'm like i feel like he's playing picard to too well? Uh, I don't feel like he's playing Picard all of the time. I feel like he's playing this like, this is what I would like to do with Picard now. Which is fine. Because well, in the end, it's his character to, to run or ruin or do whatever he wants to do. Can you blame him after he spent like a, like 15 years playing Charles Xavier? Uh, like the, That's going to bleed through uh, being Xavier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and and Picard and, and then the yeah. sense of humor that Chuck has, you know. Oh God, yeah. I love the fact that you you said the right word. But like at the same time, you play Captain Picard for seven years plus a handful of movies, and you're playing that character for five days, five six days of a week performing in that role per episode and then you're doing like 26 episodes so that's 26 weeks of a year you know and then you're on hiatus and you can go do your movie or whatever you want to do or you can right promote the show or you can go record old blue eye or old yellow eyes or whatever you're gonna do and <laughs> um which of course that was Brent Spiner. If you anybody really knows what I'm talking about, that'll be an Easter egg. I I, I caught you. Um, <laughs> oh really? You did. And so it's like you really get a feel this? for playing that role, and you don't end up changing it very much 
uh, unless there's a good reason to. And, you know, we note that like season one is a lot of groping around trying to figure out what we're doing with the show. And then season two, there was a writer's strike. So it's really amorphous trying to do what you got to do in the series. And then uh, you've got the um, you've got the rest of the series. And after oh, a certain Jesus. point. Oh, man, I know. Now that, oh, my God, I just realized that uniform might be the appropriate uniform for the future Starfleet uniforms, which would have been 13 years ago by way of this series. So when you watch the last episode of Next Generation, you're going to see future Starfleet uniforms. When you watch the last episode of Voyager, they tie those uniforms in. This this just rocks. And like yeah. where things usually go wrong. No. Fuck you. You're dead. You're dead too. Yeah, and, these uh, people are obvious, awful, bad guy scumbags. And wherein usually in Star Trek you would get the business of oh, they're di- they're unarmed and blah blah blah. Yeah, and then they're exactly, like they flip exactly. out with their little was, holdout he was, blaster. He was and ready. Zap them. <laughs> he was ready. We're not pretending anymore. Yeah, let's do this shit. Wow. God, this is this is going to get really hard in a minute. Well, it's a hard. What? This is a tough episode all around. Now, back to what you're saying about uh uh where we're talking about episode 4 about how it's not it's not going in the direction you want it to. And I was talking about how they're challenging us against all Star Trek tropes. Um, how do you feel now? No, that, watch- this, this episode salvages a ton. This episode propels things in the right direction. Yes. It's a seven of nine episode, but it furthers the progress of the story in that we do see the bit of character building for Raffi. And we definitely see, them they get bruce and that was part of the quest but then it's like okay hey we got another clue but the clue leads to nowhere because where it leads has been blown up and it's gone by now or something like that you know it's these concepts of where you are and what you're doing this business this little item is uh that little interesting fascinating to me like it's like a, an immediate, like an emergency beacon. Like, yeah, let me get you a couple of phasers. Uh, you said phasers, not uh, machine gun phasers, bitch. No, hey, <laughs> when you get into the Dominion War and you get into, uh, we don't know what kind of phasers they've got twenty years after, you know, after Nemesis. Yeah. And by when you get into First Contact, when you get into Nemesis, uh, there's a lot of like energy discharge and st- like you know blasters as opposed to beam weapons it's just kind of the direction you got to take it because when you think about the weapons in Star Trek versus the weapons in Star Wars tracer fire is just it's always going to be a little bit more cool than beams and i j- man this is so rad I mean, I think it's funny that these these some of these people are like running away, and the people who know how dangerous this place are are like, "Oh, you're gonna ruin my day." 
transporting out, you know, they beam out yeah, on well, some predetermined pre predetermined ski. <laughs> and uh I'm here to blow your fucking head off, bitch. You yeah. killed my brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, even if we don't get the full backstory on how bad a baddie this bad girl is at the at the same point there's nothing that says that she I hate double negatives that she doesn't deserve what she's got coming to her right here. The They've definitely established that she's a complete piece of shit, especially after how she tortured everyone in the beginning. Yeah. And and her yes or no and playing chess with people's lives. Uh, th those sort of uh, seemingly meaningless uh, – wow, look at that profile. Um, seemingly meaningless decisions that involve people's lives and their future, and she's making them so arbitrarily and then – and then they, they I think they built up her baddiness uh, <laughs> accordingly. Yeah. I just wish, like, I remember seeing it different the first time. Like, I guess my mind just wanted to see her get her head blown off. Two guns like that. Damn. Okay, here is the kicker. This is what set me off. I wanted to break things. When Allison Pill. Yeah, it's a little rough. It's yeah, they're, really, they're, they're, it's really hard to take. And they're one. They're I mean, hey, this is it. a better secret than any of this like BS stuff with the two Romulans that we haven't seen in this episode. Thank you. Like we don't see Dodge, or we don't see Soshi, and we don't see Narek in this episode. Yeah. I'm not bored of Soshi, but I don't feel like they're propelling that story fast every, enough uh, either yep exactly but i just don't but, like the bad guys in this so far he's not dying like like there's there's no in any way external uh uh external um signals here that that he's dying he's just hurting we're gonna get him stabilized yeah. he's gonna be fine he's got some internal shit and uh what the hell is she up to? Look at her face now. Now that you've seen it the second time. <clears throat> I know. I was really like I watched this and I thought, oh well it's very weird that she's not like rushing over there to look after him, make sure he's okay, take the take notes. You know. She's also she's not a doctor. She is no. a cyberneticist. You know? She is a scientist, but that doesn't mean that she knows how to do any of that stuff. The emergency medical hologram should be there totally. And we still don't get like any sort of semblance of why he created Soji and um, the other one. I forget her name. Oh no, because he needed to. He wanted to. It's his life purpose. He yeah, wanted but, no, data I'm so that he could strip data down and figure out what made him tick. I'm talking about why he split them up, and and then he mentions that the the mother system only activated her two weeks ago. Remember? Oh, okay. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, remember when we first started watching this? There's, there's like the from episode one. I'm like, there's something wrong with that mom. Yeah. We keep we we keep transitioning, doing transition shots that include seeing Captain Rios' book. 
Well, I'm not point. complaining. I think it's interesting, but I hope that that that's just uh, foreshadowing. That, that book is probably like uh, maybe the basis. Like, there's something in that book that uh, they structured the scaffolding of this of this entire series about, and we don't know it yet. Yeah. And yeah. God, I love these these uh, interactive uh, interfaces here. I love them. Our right, stowaway. That was that Our... was nice. This is the first time in the series that I've decided like Raffi could be cool, and I yeah. wanna I wanna see her progress now. Welcome back. Look at now the she... weight of her acting. Something about the camera so angle there, good. the upshot on her. Hmm. Man, he is. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. The and the acting is absolutely phenomenal. She knows that she's about to do something she doesn't want to do, and and that's what confuses me and wants me to know more is the fact that it, what she's about to do, she's not doing a heinous act in in pleasure. She's doing it for a very specific reason, and we don't know why. See, that's that all is, I can. I I totally agree. All I can hope for is that by the end of the series, the bad guys aren't wrong. Me too. Me and because too. that's the and... only way that it justifies this. Because I don't want to see her character go to jail. I don't want to see her character have to die to uh, redeem herself. I don't want to see her character have to go through all of that. I want it to be proven, for the maybe she for did. just these reasons, that the bad guys are correct. That they got Dodge, but Soji is the destroyer. And some horrible stuff is going to go down, and uh, and it is prophecy or whatever. And in the end, you know, it's funny because well, not funny. It's it's the, the parallel here is if you think about it, Nunyan soon had to die. Like if he'd have made any more datas, or or if his technology had been stolen, or he'd sold it, or in any way, people like this are too dangerous. Yeah. Even though they're not out to do something wrong, um, that their ability to create something so great, if more of them happened, imagine if there was even three datas. Like, and I'm not talking about lore or or B eight. Uh, B four. B four. Sorry. Um, imagine if there was three of them, like actual datas, and one of them there had a are. Bed. Had, well, oh, you're like, talking about you're not talking about Lauren before. I get you. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm talking about exact copies. Oh wow, she's such a good actress, man. Dude, she's I love. Her. She just kills. No, I know what you mean. If I could recommend, and I know it's an if, it's it's difficult. I mean, but uh, I, if you can find a copy wow. of Immortal Coil, it's a Star Trek novel. Immortal Coil, friends, fans, minefielders. You will, if you want a good data story, Immortal Coil is the place to go. They did a sequel to it, and um, also, I can't remember, oh man, I gotta see if I can look this up. There's uh, the Myriad Universe books that has a story about how uh, Khan won. And so, they live wow. in a world where Khan, they live in the Star Trek world where Khan was, is the, he's, he's, the- He's Hitler that that succeeded, and so like the genetically engineered are the master race. And but like the point I'm getting at is that there's other stories in there, uh, and 
one of the stories is is revolving around the idea that like data and lore left the enterprise left the federation and established a planet in the neutral zone where they created hundreds if not thousands you, of you told me you told it me is about so this. good uh you told me about this yeah i know exactly what you mean and that's exactly what i'm talking about is if is, is if like these people made more of of a data and but we don't know if they're ill-tempered or good-tempered and we got lucky with a good data and yeah uh, people like that like He's not like some rogue revolutionary scientist where he's about, he's looking to make a thousand of them. He's just looking to advance technology and, and create something wonderful. And it's it's scary because that technology in the wrong hands and like there's got to be a reason why she did what she did. And I, I, I actually I if there's got to be or if I'm just really hoping that there's going to be some redeemable factor in what she just did mm-hmm. because that hurt that that hurt and. Everything you've told me about that exact story you're just talking about uh, leads back to this: is whether or not signs should do it, or question that they should even do it in the first place, or they just hey, be- other 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 really not best case scenario, but other good case scenario is that they never figure it out, and she the comeuppance has to happen in season two, you know? Yeah. Well, even then, I. I really enjoyed that. That was a heavy episode. Man. That was the best episode of the series. I think. You think so? It really was. Uh, and um, I, it's just, you know, for once, nobody was coming in and really giving Picard a hard time. Uh, right. You know, yes, it's like, hey, we got to go here. We're going to do this crazy foolish thing or whatever. But, like, that's where the trail leads. And they kept talking about I don't know, free cloud. It still sounds silly, but like at the same time, you know, you want, you talk, all the star Wars worlds sound like star Wars worlds because there's a theme there and all the star Trek worlds. It's like, Oh, it's beta reticuli seven or whatever, you know? Okay. Well I get it. But like, yeah, you can have dumb planets like graves world or, uh, you know, I don't know. Just, yeah, you can do that. There's no reason not to, but, um, I don't know. Yeah, no. This was it was this episode had a lot of hard stuff. Bruce Maddox you... dying like that, not fun. Echeb, not fun. No. Uh, the blood served its purpose, depicting how awful those people were to him. You know, but um, that yeah. that is the redeemable factor on that because, like, when we were talking about it being torture porn, and like you watch Saw or any other the movies that like Hostel or anything like that. There's no redeemable factor in that. that. Like, in hindsight, now after we've watched it, that was meant to accentuate how awful what is happening is happening, and for you to actually really care about that. Well, I, I, I yeah, you're right, but I think you need to go one step further. When you've got Tell a me. character that you're going to bring in who's a villain, and you're going to have them in the episode for one episode, you know she's going to get killed at the end. And maybe they knew that or maybe they didn't. They're like, ah, we don't know yet. We'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, Or we'll have debate about it. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if I had these people on a panel to talk to, that's what I'd want to know about this episode. The question is, if you've got to kill this person, make, you know, they got to, they got to get their comeuppance at the end, then, um, 
you have to make sure that the the awful things that they do are explicit and obvious because if it had just been the thing with bruce it would have been not enough oh he got poisoned and is he alive or isn't he and then you know oh we're trading people for people it's just like that's just a hostage trade you know we our government did that so how good or bad can they be but like when you get down to it and you're like oh yeah we got to do this business at the beginning where the motivation for seven of nine to be such a succulent thing to get and uh we got to see you know it's not just because they were they were a couple but it's also because you know they killed Icheb horribly I, the thing wow. is, I don't see how it was. I, I don't. I clearly am not able to listen to it perfectly this time, and I've only seen it in the clear one time. I might rewatch this episode with all appropriate audio before this week. And in so saying, I need to know what was Icheb dying from that he needed to be shot. You know, I don't get. Okay, he lost an eye. Well, that's not something that's going to kill you. So what's that all about? Did they eat? Uh, did they take all kinds of other stuff from him? I don't know, but uh, yeah, man, I I loved it, and I mean I, I'm looking for and good new revelations, but it's it's about to be episode six, and we need we need some heavy hitting this. We need something that really happened. Oh yeah, we're, we're done. We're done looking for the the crew. We already have our crew. We need something to really happen here. And uh, give it to us, goddammit. <laughs> oh, I was just looking at the uh, Icheb listing on uh, Memory Alpha. And, um, yeah, somebody decided that the uh, picture of Icheb that was the flagship picture of him needed to be this poor actor with most of his eye missing. And that's just terrible. Did you uh, notice in the previews that it looked like the... Uh, brought back Locutus, 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 Locutus. Yes. No, it I looked, didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't watching when we got. Yeah, to that point. they they showed Locutus again, and but it was not a flashback scene. Hmm. And uh, so we're gonna get hopefully something a little bit more flashback, or or goddamn if he gets similar it again. But we never know. Um, but do you have anything else, man? Because no, man, that, I've got a. That was heavy. Yeah. We gotta we gotta get ready for the uh, for the next installment. So that sounds like reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. But I love you, man. Uh, let's uh, let's sign out. We yeah, love you. Got it. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you uh, paying attention to our our thoughts and comments. And uh, if you have any, hit us up on the on our in our email and uh, hit us up on Facebook. Also, easy places. Yeah, this, easy places to get us. This transmission is over. Uh, this is dangerous. Over and out.